You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Happy Thursday. Bill Ryder with you. What's going on? How you doing? Really good if you're a Suns fan. We'll get to that here in a second. If you want to call us, 855-212-4CBS. It's our phone number. Twitter, for me, Sports Rider. I don't know why I did the voice like that. Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. D-Cells at D-Cells CBS. Andrew Bogus, who's here today, is at Andrew Bogish. Jalen Carter was going to be a top pick in this year's NFL draft. Might have been the top pick in the NFL draft. The defensive lineman out of Georgia, arrest warrant issued for him. That news broke just as the show was ending yesterday. And he has since turned himself in, according to the latest reports. And we'll get into where he might fall. Where he should fall and where he might fall could be different things in that story, that arrest Warren connected to the death in what appears to be, according to police, a drag racing incident involving a former player and a recruiting staff member at Georgia. So we'll get into that unfortunate story in a little bit. Uh, the commanders fail again, but this time literally, like not a figurative. The NFL Players Association, this is such a great idea. Only would work if you have guaranteed contracts and lots of money in the bank to get honest answers. The NFL Players Association did their first ever report card on all the teams and all the different facilities and um give the commanders credit under dan snyder just doing what feels like the impossible as tom DeCelestino, the executive producer good morning tom pointed out good morning to you bill happy thursday happy thursday as tom pointed out the commanders got some f minuses and f minus actually isn't possible (laughs) it's like it's like what do you think of this on a zero to 100 scale and going negative it's not it's not how the f's work it's not how i almost got an f once in a dinosaur class thought that was going to be easy it wasn't. I've gotten plenty of Fs. Throughout no F minuses, though. No F. That's how I know it's not possible. Dan Snyder changing the physics of failure. So we'll get into that story in a little bit. Uh, we did not do NBA power rankings yesterday. We, we shuffled some things around because Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, was on the show. Uh, awkward alert. I had some weird dreams about Clark Hunt last night. We were best friends. We're not. But I had uh, I enjoyed having him on the program yesterday. So we'll do NBA power rankings today. Chris Trapasso is going to be on the show. Trapasso is my colleague at CBS Sports, cbssports.com, and going to uh, join us. I don't think he's an indie to talk to us about the combine, about the draft, about Jalen Carter. We'll get into and I've been trying to keep score, so if, if I got this wrong, just tweet at me. And A bunch of you are mad at me about Jalen Brunson, have corrected my bad take from a year ago that he I didn't say he sucks, but whatever. At Sportswriter Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R, if I got the math wrong. But at my count, at the end of the show, will give you reason. I think it's 10,281 to never believe in Kyrie Irving. Just, But if I'm off by a couple hundred reasons, 
just let me know. All right, let's start here. Kevin Durant debuted with the Phoenix Suns last night after the blockbuster trade that brought him from the Nets to the Suns. The game was in Charlotte against a bad Charlotte team. And here's the headline. Here's the deal. It's pretty obvious, but the obvious actually doesn't always work in the NBA. I'd go so far as to say it doesn't usually work. So just this is important. we got to state it even though you think it was clear. Kevin Durant and the Suns are going to be a near, near unbeatable force if they're healthy. A little asterisk, put it up there. You know, the little, like, the star thing where you just put it up next to the statement because somebody gets hurt, maybe not. They were, and he was, so good, so impressive, so dangerous. Everything that Vegas saw the moment that trade went through, their odds skyrocketed, everything that has sent the thoughts and ideas, what we thought we'd see, that have sent a shiver of fear through the rest of the NBA, and not just the Western Conference. If, if you're an NBA team that believes you have a chance, you're, if you're still aspiring to be an NBA champions this year, really, not when you talk to people like me, but when you're actually talking to your team or yourself, so the Cleveland Cavaliers, who looked really good last night, or the Philadelphia 76ers, or I think the Golden State Warriors, who have quietly kept their head above water with Steph Curry being out, and Steph should be back next week, any of these teams... Kevin Durant's bad news. Worst news if you're in the Western Conference. Obviously, the odds are higher. You're going to see him in the postseason. But, man, Durant was absolutely sensational. He was under limited minutes, and I had gone on CBS Sports HQ yesterday and had said that I was here, and this isn't rocket science, and it certainly doesn't make me Adrian Wojnarowski, but it just sounded like he was going to play in the, right around 28 minutes. Right, He'd be on a minutes restriction, largely because he hasn't played basketball since January 8th, not because of the injury itself, as it was explained to me. Again, very master of the obvious here. The whole segment is uh, Durant, because of the position that his new team is in, was never going to rush back, was only ever going to come back and play as soon as he was. No one's 100%, but really, really, really okay. So the reason he played, it was around 27 minutes yesterday, was because he's just got to get into game shape, and he was absolutely sparkling in those 27 minutes. And so the headlines that are out there, the, the column I wrote over at CBSSports.com, my perspective to you now, that, oh my God, every bit of buzz that you heard with the Suns and Duran is real, might strike you as me being overly obvious, but the obvious tends to fail in the NBA. And I can't give you every example because I only do a two-hour show and there's so many in the association, it would take longer than that. But let me throw a few at you. Let's start with just the obvious examples that Kevin Durant's been a part of. That Brooklyn Nets team has been the poster child, and everyone thought they were going to be the poster child for excellence. Nope, for ego and arrogance and thinking that what you see on paper is going to translate in reality on the floor in multiple incarnations. Oh my God, Durant and Kyrie, they can't lose. That's kind of a joke now. But then it became, holy cow, KD, Harden, and Kyrie, they can't lose. Until it was Ben Simmons. And it was like, oh, Ben Simmons, they, they, they can't lose. They can lose. They can lose everything. And some of the people involved with that organization, that decision making, not yet, not calling for it, could lose their jobs over it. The Brooklyn Nets were a sure thing. It was obvious they were going to be good to everybody. <clears throat> Cough slightly points out Jalen Brunson, not the only thing I've ever said. Maybe not on this show. I'm going to pick on Kevin Durant a little bit here. And I think he was sensational last night. And I'm, I'm in on the Suns. I'm never in on these sort of obvious things. I, I am on the Suns. But it was also obvious to everybody that Kevin Durant and his inevitable greatness had finally come to fruition when, several years ago, let's do the big rewind machine, back in Oklahoma City when he was teamed up with a guy named Russell Westbrook. What a duo. Got up 3-1 on the Golden State Warriors 
in the 2016 NBA Western Conference Finals, it was obvious this was going to happen. It was obvious the Thunder were always going to get there. It was obvious as good as the Warriors were. They weren't the dynasty people were saying until KD and Westbrook and the Thunder lost the next three games. It was obvious how good the Clippers were going to be and how they were going to dominate the Western Conference when Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were coming to their own. I mean, who? there was nobody to challenge them. Then the Warriors arrived. Nobody saw it coming. But don't worry, Clippers fans, because it became obvious again, really clear to anybody who could pay attention, not these idiot, hot-taker, wannabe NBA insider Bill Ryder-like types. Sorry, just a little too, I've been on Twitter lately, so that's where I'm at. It's my headspace. These losers like Ryder who didn't believe when, when, I mean, when Kawhi and Paul George came together in 2010, it was inevitable. Only it wasn't. And it's not now. And it's gotten worse since Russell Westbrook joined. Why? Because Russell, Russell Westbrook joined. That's the main reason. I live in L.A. I write a lot about the Lakers. I have sources with the Lakers. And I'm telling you, from the fans to the very smart decision makers, they really believed that the key to reclaiming the glory of the championship they won in Kobe with LeBron, and they got one. They got one was to pair LeBron and Anthony Davis with Russell Westbrook. And I felt like the guy that was going outside looking at the sky being like, I don't think, I guess it's inverted here, but I don't think the sky's falling. I don't think it's going to work. No, no, it'll work. Well, Russell Westbrook is destroying the, the, the vibe and the chemistry and the hopes of winning anything with a different L.A. team now. But that was obvious then, and it failed. The obvious reality that the Memphis Grizzlies were on the rise may still happen, certainly in question with some troubling reporting and accusations about John Morant that we'll hit later in the show and buy or sell. It was obvious that the Dallas Mavericks were eventually going to pair Luka Doncic with the right guy, and then they were going to go to the moon. They barely win games now that Kyrie Irving, you're noticing some themes here, has come into the mix. They're 1-4 when, when uh, Kyrie and, and Doncic play together. They're 2-5 since Kyrie arrived as a player and began playing for that Mavericks team. And still to people, it's obvious, oh, that Dallas is going to figure it out. So this notion that just because Kevin Durant showed up with the Phoenix Suns and he got paired with Chris Paul, who, by the way, is 38 going on 52. He really is. He does not look good, didn't look good last night. And then he got paired with Devin Booker, who did look really good. And they got paired with DeAndre Ayton, who's really good but is miserable to be there and now going to be the fourth guy. Remember, he wanted to leave in the summer in part, as I understand it, to have a bigger role somewhere else. It was obvious that the Suns were going to be exceptional. Often the obvious fails in the NBA. Turns murky, turns ugly, turns turns weird. Sometimes it just turns rancid. It's not going to this time. It's just it's just not. And I know, I understand those of you that don't want it to be true. I'm not a big super team fan guy. I think they tend not to work and I find them obnoxious. But reality's reality, right? You, you operate by the rules of the arena that you're in. And in this arena, the 30-team arena of the NBA... What we saw from the Suns is a glimpse, just a beginning, and they may have some growing pains, of how dominant they're going to be, potentially. They're an automatic top three team when they get in a groove together. Maybe it takes three days, maybe it takes three weeks. If they're healthy, they're going to figure it out by mid-April. I know that they played the Charlotte Hornets. I understand. I watched the game. I know Charlotte doesn't have LaMelo Ball. I was unable to confirm that report, so I'm trust me, I'm well aware that, that, that his ankle injury and he's out basically for the year. I'm well aware that Charlotte, even when they had LaMelo, who I think, by the way, is maybe the most underrated great player in the game, I'm well aware, even with LaMelo, the Charlotte Hornets were a reeking dumpster fire of a basketball team when it came to competitiveness. I understand in the game last night, they didn't really even have an actual point guard, which, as I understand it from a tactical perspective, is helpful to have on the floor. I, I get all. I understand it wasn't a huge test. That's not the takeaway. Here are the takeaways. Here's the reason it's going to be so overwhelming. One, Durant looked like he hadn't missed a beat, man. He, 
There wasn't a sign of rust. There wasn't a sign of I got to kind of fit in with these guys. He missed his first shot, his first shot, and then just from Jump Street, from that moment, he was awesome. Little pass from his first buckets ever as a member of the Suns. Little little pass from Chris Paul. Chris Paul did have, I think it was 11 dimes. It was 11 dimes in that game. You're going to have a lot of that. Little pass from Chris Paul for a layup. And then there was a sequence in the first quarter, and it made the rounds on social media. But even in the moment, it struck me as, oh, my God, this guy's so good. Durant blocked a shot. Again, I know, against the Hornets. I get it. Some people think it's like playing me and D. Sell and bogus. That's not fair to Charlotte. He blocked a shot, goes down the other end. He didn't get the rebound. Someone else did. They get him the ball. He hits just a silky, easy three-point shot, and it was a reminder the guy can impact the floor in both ways. But really what struck me was the energy, and maybe I'm trying to read too much into it, but again, I don't think the obvious always plays out. This case, I think it does. The fact that Durant's going to make these guys absolute title contenders, it's a reality from the moment he stepped on the floor. You could see the energy of that team. There is, when you talk to guys who play in the NBA, an understanding of the players' level they play with that you can't get playing against guys, as it's been explained to me. The first time they go into a practice, any NBA team and a rookie or a new guy shows up, as I've been told, you can just tell. You may not make it, but whether a guy's got it or not. As I understand, like three minutes into practice, the whole team, all the veterans are like, that rookie sucks or that rookie's got it. Doesn't mean he won't. He'll make it work. But that, and, and it's true across the board. And so as much as you can play against Kevin Durant and be around Kevin Durant, and maybe if you're some of the guys that are stars playing an all-star game with Kevin Durant or being on a U.S. national, it's different, I've been told by players, when you play with a guy. And you could see, I could tell just watching those Suns players being like, oh my God, this guy can ball. I know Devin Booker can score points on his own. I understand he's done his own thing in the past. But those 37 points he had last night, and the ease with which he got shots off when Durant was on the floor with him, again, Durant was in limited minutes, it's a sign of things to come. Devin Booker has been good enough at stretches this year and the last few years when he's needed to, when Chris Paul hasn't played well, and that's been big stretches this year, to just take over games. When defenses are focused on Booker, when he's taken the double teams, when he's got the most, and this is important in the NBA, the most difficult defensive assignment, the best defensive player on the opposing team guards him, he's been able to get it done. That's done. That's over. That's never happening again when he's on the floor with Kevin Durant. Durant's getting the double teams. Durant's going to get good luck to whoever this poor bastard is. Am I allowed to say anything here? I just did. Durant's going to be the guy who's going to take that poor dude's task, whoever it is. I'm the best defender on the team. Usually an act of pride won't be when you play KD. All that means is that all that adds up to is that Devin Booker is going to have the easiest opportunity to get points in his career since becoming a star. Think Clay Thompson and what he gets when Steph Curry's on the floor and they're both in form. Steph's always informed if he's on the floor. You've got a guy in DeAndre Ayton. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. This is, where I guess, where the question marks come in. But he had 16 rebounds. He had 16 points. Didn't have to be the best player on the floor. Didn't have to be the second best player on the floor. Probably was a third best player, at least for the Suns. But it doesn't have to be. It's the ease for him. Role players are going to play better. And, and let me quickly, because I'm going to run out of time, get to Chris Paul. It, it, it offers the same opportunity to CP3 that it does to Booker. Chris Paul used to be at his prime. A guy, and look, I'm not a, he's not my best friend. I don't, I don't send him Christmas cards, but I think he's one of the two or three greatest point guards in the history of the sport, certainly in the regular season. I do. Uh, amazing player. It used to be that he'd facilitate for other guys. He wouldn't look to shoot, but if you gave him a foot and a half of space, he was going to hit whatever jumper was there, especially when he penetrated and drove toward the rim. And then he would dish off and find the open guy or, or a near open guy if you played defense on him. It made life miserable. It's why he's so good. He can still, he can't shoot right now, it's weird, but he can still distribute. He's going to have more space, more opportunity, just like Booker, 
because Durant's on the team and because someone's got to guard Booker too. So so maybe Chris Paul can be a better version of himself than the one. He was one of eight yesterday. He had two points. He looked like me at the Y. Like, I can play hoops, but I can't shoot. So I, I don't know if I can't play hoops. But I look like I can as long as you don't watch me shoot. I can do everything else. My point is, you're Chris Paul. You don't want to look like Bill Ryder on the floor. It's not, it's not great. Maybe he can get better. Maybe there's things that can change because of, of Durant's arrival. But here's the thing that I think makes the obvious true for the Suns. Before Kevin Durant showed up, Chris Paul being over the hill, a shadow of himself offensively, there was no way the Suns could advance in playoff series. They just couldn't. I don't know that it matters now. If Chris Paul can figure it out and be really good or pretty good, great for the Suns. If he can't, I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant can carry the load for both of them because Devin Booker's still out there and DeAndre Ayton's still out there. And you've still got other guys and role players who are going to get so many open shots. The obvious is usually dumb. The obvious conclusion is usually the wrong one. It's usually a bunch of... They're not gerbils. They're lemmings who just run off the cliff together. I don't know why gerbils run off the cliff together. Whatever. Little rodent-like creatures. Everybody let's do the same thing. It's a rare moment. It's a blue moon. The overwhelming, this has to be true, reality of the NBA is true. Kevin Durant plus the Suns equals a top three team. I don't know what the order is. Here's probably the order, but it's something like this. Bucks, Celtics, Suns. That's it. There's a whole other list under that. And you'll notice... The Suns are the only team on that list in the Western Conference. If they stay healthy, Phoenix is one of the favorites for an NBA title. And despite all the reasons maybe you could point to yesterday and say, nah, I don't know, I know who they played, I know it's a sample size of one, I got all of it. We saw the glimpses of that reality. Don't sleep on it. All right, we're done with that topic. Not the show. We just started. 855-212-4CBS. Uh, Jalen Carter, incredible, incredible football player, accused of something by authorities down in Georgia that should change the appetite NFL teams have for him in this upcoming draft. I'm going to give you the news on whether or not it will. My perspective on that next here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Man, I like it when Andrew laughs at my jokes every year. Once a year. That was the one. What's going on? 855-212. See, I just made that joke. He didn't laugh. 855-212-4CBS. All right. Um, a bunch of stuff I want to hit. Let's let's get the, uh, the ugly stuff out of the way. It's important. Uh, Jalen Carter is a remarkably talented football player, prospect coming out of Georgia. 
and before news broke yesterday, just as this show, I think, was coming to an end, or maybe during the show, uh, just before news broke yesterday, that an arrest warrant had been issued in Georgia for him. He was at the Combine. Before that moment, there was talk and speculation he could be as high as the number one overall pick. Certainly he was connected to the Bears, had, had they, if they keep that pick and don't draft quarterback. He certainly was projected as a top five pick. Now, we'll talk to Chris Trapasso, who's got sources on this, in about in about 40 minutes about where now he thinks he is going to, Jalen Carter is going to go. And I understand that the, the, the reaction out there and the hope out there would be that he might fall in the draft or should fall or be undraftable because the allegations are, are stark. They're, they're ugly. If you remember the story, uh, it, it's really sad. There was a 24-year-old, I think he was 24-year-old, recruiting staffer named Chandler LaCroix and a, and a player who died in a car accident shortly after the, I think it was the night of Georgia's celebration after their after their national championship. And some of the details that came out were that the driver of that car, uh, LaCroix, uh, had a very high blood alcohol content. He was going, according to police reports, 104 miles per hour. Obviously, that's, that, that is extremely dangerous, and, and that accident results in, in, in the death of two people. And Jalen Carter, who obviously the, the, the big name in this equation, had told police, according to what we know now, that he had first not been at the scene and then had been behind the car, maybe as far as a mile, hadn't been involved in whatever went on. And the, the arrest report alleges, and they have he was booked last night, early this morning, alleges that, that Carter was drag racing in this situation, was was a part of this situation, and then left the scene. Now, in Georgia, drag racing, and it's got a fancier title than that. I think it's, I think it's what, reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash are, are the actual, I believe, actual charges. Uh, those are misdemeanors. And if you look at Jalen Carter's statement that he supposedly put out, which is obviously put out by his, by his, um, I'm sorry, Chandler LaCroix is a woman, um, by his, um, by his lawyers, he's made the point that that these are misdemeanors, and they are. So I can sit here and tell you what I think, which I always right. I don't think that he should. We'll see what happens. But if he was involved in the death of someone, this kind of an incident, at a minimum, there should be huge pause on whether you would bring him into the NFL at all. And there should be, I think, some sort of professional consequences for people who do illegal activity that leads to the death of other people. And we don't know all the details about what is alleged as it relates to whether or not he was drinking or not or other situations. But that's not the way the world works. And you know it and I know it. He's going to be drafted. He's going to be drafted, I think, in the first round. And again, we'll ask Chris Trapasso, but the first thing I saw this morning that I looked up was that CBSSports.com's mock draft had him fall from the top five to 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there's already reporting out there and speculation. It's not reporting. Well, the Steelers could bring him in and, and deal with it because they have such a great culture, so the outside noise wouldn't affect the team, and they have such a great culture of defense, which is all true, but it also tells you that everything is going to be geared by every NFL team to try and get the talent out of this guy and find value and draft him where they can. Every spot that he falls out of the top five is going to be a risk for a team from a PR perspective, but unfortunately an opportunity for every team that's looking at this just in a, in a football sense. So I was going to ask Andrew, who's here, and, and Tom, who's here, whether or not, and you guys can answer if you want. I don't want to put you on the spot because the question is like a man and a woman have died and they're young people. As a result of this situation, shouldn't Jalen Carter pay some sort of price if the allegations by the police are true? 
And the answer is, of course they should. I just don't think he will. I mean, I can, I, I just don't think, I don't think he will. And we, I don't want to sound callous or self-righteous. I probably sound both. I don't know enough details to know if this is a kid who made a really stupid mistake. I don't know how egregious his behavior was. It's not going to matter what we, I think, what we find out and what my moral verdict would or wouldn't be because I don't, guys, I don't think NFL teams actually care. They can pretend to care. They have to pretend to care. That might impact things. I don't think they actually give a you-know-what. I don't think enough of them care to drop him all the way to number 17 in the draft. Um, I think their only concern is going to be whether or not he's going to be in jail, unable to play. I, I don't think most of them will care to make a judgment on all of the bad decisions he apparently made last that night. I, uh, I, I think their concern will just be Will he actually be able to play for me after I pick him? I mean, my first thought, ignorantly, sitting here in New York, not at the Combine, not talking to GMs, I, I still think he's a top five, top ten pick. Yeah, like 17 sounds, unless people know more already unofficially than of those details that night, that's a lot of teams to pass on almost unquestionably the num- the best player in this draft. Yeah, he is. And I guess... I mean, NFL teams hate risk, and you're right. There is the risk that he'll be in prison or be in jail. I just, and I, I'm going to make a statement that I know is not 100% factually true, and so there's still risk inherent in an NFL team's decision-making here, even if I'm right, and some people will think I'm wrong. But I do think in America, if you have money, if you are powerful, if you are wealthy, if you have the, the means to navigate the, the, the legal system at the highest levels of, of representation, the, the odds are you're going to be okay for the most part. You're not going to... And he does. He's going to. I mean, there are, right? Like, he's going to be a very handsome CEO. Would be NFL top 5, 10, 15 pick. Actor, singer. star. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Random guy that no one knows who they are, but owns some venture capitalist firm that's worth $3 billion. Doesn't matter across the board. So I'm, you're right, Andrew. That's a concern. My absolute presumption is, regardless of his guilt or innocence, that he is not going to serve a single day in jail. Well, and I guess what we still need to find out clearly is, and the charges lead us to believe this right now, is that he didn't make the crash happen. He was there as part of the situation. And there's plenty of room for forgiveness here. Like, we've all made terrible mistakes. But what bothers me about it, from what we know right now, and, you know, for the most part, why would we not believe police reports? It's not just, you know, straight reporting on documents we haven't seen yet or whatnot. Like, there's, we've seen testimony by officers in the police report and the arrest warrant. He didn't make one bad decision. He made multiple. Like, he, right. the crash happens. Terrible. I can even understand driving off in a panic going, oh, my God, what just happened? But then he comes back and more than once refuses again to take ownership for the situation. The story keeps changing. So it's not one mistake. It's like three, four, or five mistakes with time to understand the situation and realize that, like, you need to own up to it. And I said this earlier, like, I personally want to know. It might not matter to you, but, like, I, I just want to know, like, it even checked on them. Like, when they drive off the road and that car have... is flipping and turning, First th- does he stop and go see if anyone right. needs help and then disappears or does he go, oh, my God, and just makes a left-hand turn and keeps it at 90 and first, gets out of there? Like, that matters to me, and I don't know that yet. I agree. It's complicated. I, and to your point about forgiveness, I'm not proud of this, but when I – I mean, I was a dumb 
we're all dumb kids somewhere. I was a dumb kid in Dubuque, Iowa, bored kid. Parents gave me a car, pretty responsible. And I can remember one time, like, I was driving super fast on JFK Boulevard in Dubuque, Iowa. Like, looking back, like, nothing happened. Nobody's around. Dumb, right? And maybe a week later, a really good friend of mine with two of my best friends in a car was doing something similar on a country road, and he flipped the car seven times. They all survived because they had their seatbelts on. And I never, I never drove like a moron again. But I was a, now I was 16. I believe Jalen Carter is 21, if I got that right. But my point is, but for the grace of God, there goes me, right? I mean, I could have, looking back at my one moment of utter stupidity, driving a big Pontiac station wagon like an idiot, I could have hit a person. I could have hit a car. I could, right? I, I was going, I mean, it was dumb. I was driving really fast on some, you know, sort of, residential four-lane throughway. So there's the, you're right, Andrew. There's there's a realm for total forgiveness here, and there's a realm for what a horrible human being. We just don't have enough info. I don't think we, we just don't know enough info. The most info we have is how NFL teams handle these situations because we've been down this road in different variations so many times. And yeah. Based on what we know now and what we've seen teams do, like I to go back to your you know the original kind of point here, I I would be stunned if we got to April and he lasted into the back half of the first round. Yeah, up to your point, seventeen. I'm not trying to pick. I don't even know if Trapasso did that mock draft. I'll ask him, but and he'd know more than I would. But I'm with you. Seventeen is the sort of latest projection he'd fall to. I would be no way. Just there's no way. Yeah, that he's fallen that far. Now, Tom, you, you, where are you at on this? Do you, you see it differently? Um, we spoke this morning, Bill, and I said to you he's undraftable. An NFL team cannot draft this dude knowing what we know right now. And having listened to you and Bogus go back and forth, that you guys are right. You're absolutely right. I, I, it's disappointing. I think it's shameful on some level. You guys are right. He's going to be a first-round pick. I don't know if he's still going to go top five like he was projected before we found out all of this information yesterday. He's still going to be a first-round draft pick, and I, I, I think it's shameful. One thing that I think is going to be interesting to note, and I don't know Georgia's laws, but I believe this is universal across all 50 states, is that 911 calls tend to be, and I think always are, public records. And so it shouldn't be that difficult to find out whether or not this star player called 911 and when he did, because if the allegation is true that he was there, to your point, Andrew, when her car, when the car she was she was driving, right, um, began to roll over. I mean, I have I have been in an accident before like that. I have seen accidents like that. I mean, it's again stating the obvious. It's traumatic just to see a car flip over and crash at a high rate of speed. If if he didn't call nine one one and he was there, I don't know the legal jeopardy, but that's so morally reprehensible that for me, again, I don't think it'll matter. I wouldn't I wouldn't want. I'm a Bears fan. I, I, I would I, I would not want the Bears to draft him at all. Yeah. Stay away. I know he's talented. And and I understand, or I, I try to understand, be, being a GM and having your job be based on success and the danger of Jalen Carter being really, really good for somebody else and always having that like held against me because I didn't pick him because I chose to do the yes. right thing, the moral thing. I, I, I understand that battle, right. too. I hope, though, that if I was in that position, I'd still have, like, the personal strength to make the right call once we know more about about the situation. Honestly, though, it's a really fair point because not to, like, pre-excuse bad decision-making, but if you were a GM who had 
$10 million in the bank and a five-year lockdown deal, right? And maybe a pretty good reputation and buddies around the NFL, you could make the right choice. And you could just be like, no. If you're, and there are some guys in this position, if you're first-time GM or you don't make as much money, right, everything's relative, and you've got to deal with an owner that, that is, not, is, is not guaranteed and you're on the hot seat and if things go badly, your kids are moving schools. I mean, this, right, like... You might be proud. We've all been, not like this at this moral level, but we've all, I mean, many of us have been under really difficult situations. I know I have. I know I've been asked to do things unethically in my past to keep jobs, and I didn't. And I almost ended up literally like working at Walmart, which I used to do, and I'm not making fun of, but that's not the life. I mean, I, so I get, I get that pressure too. I do. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. All right. Good talk. I was going to, we're going to make fun of the commanders. You know, keep it light because they're they 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 maybe we'll do it. I know we always run out of time because this show is like really long. Um, but uh, I'm sure you saw this, Andrew, that there was a NFL Players Association um report card thing, and the Commanders. I didn't know there were F minuses. I thought F was kind of the <laughs> as low as you could go. And they I, didn't they didn't get one F minus. They got three. Yeah. Okay. Three. Three. Right, like, that's the thing, too, that we don't ever lose sight of this. Dan Snyder should be forced to sell them just based on the way he actually runs the team. Like, forget about, before you even get to the real heinous stuff and the possibly illegal stuff, he's just not good at being a football owner. I mean, great point. Also, easy to miss. You know, easy to miss the obvious, you know, sort of incompetence or when it's surrounded by the flames of alleged wrongdoing over and over and over again. As you, you said earlier this hour, the obvious isn't always so obvious. Right. Yeah. But the obvious thing to me would be, all right, if I'm a terrible human being and I have all of these skeletons in my closet and all of these enemies, maybe I should have the best stadium in the NFL <laughs> and not have sewage pipes bursting above fans' heads and, like, serve mm-hmm. caviar and filet mignon. And, like, let's, let me eliminate some of the things that could be held against me. And, like, because if I win, maybe people will forget that I might have sexually harassed somebody or give me more, not or, like, look the other way at my possibly illegal $55 million loan. But instead, he's like, no, I'm just going to be horrible across the board. Take my chances. It's so many allegations, and we talk a lot, or I talk a lot, I'll I'll own this, about athletes and their ability to warp their sense of reality because of the wealth and the the sort of privilege that they have and just their positions, and it's true because athletes are more important and more accessible than billionaires, and we had a billionaire on the show yesterday, and I think he's a good guy in Clark Hunt, but but I don't know, man. Like, that's, if you're Dan Snyder, to your point about how can you not, you're on a whole other stratosphere of, of wealth, protection, a bubble of whatever you create, so... You're right. It'd be such an easy fix. He, my my guess would be with many billionaires who are bad behavior, who, who behave badly, and you can look a lot of things beyond sports to find examples of that. They probably operate in a world those that are that are that, are, that, that behave poorly, that are billionaires, in which their world is constructed around their every whim. And, and, and I would think that being surrounded by sycophants at that level with that kind of wealth would make it the, the reality distortion field would be pretty severe. Must be nice. All right. I did wear my pajama shirt for you guys today because it's cold. It's L.A. cold. Yeah, you guys d- didn't call me out. You can. It's L.A. cold today. I like how you added L.A. cold. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's in the 40s here, man. Thoughts and prayers.
And it's windy, so it feels like 44. It's cold and windy? You didn't say it was windy, too. It also rained. It's rained a couple times. Like, not more than a couple. Like, three of the last eight days. Thank you for being here today. Seriously. (laughs) I'm not... People are walking around. It gets to like 55 here, and people walk around in the – people – I'm not making this up. Go down to the beach on a 55-degree day. People are in winter coats that are warmer than what I own for when I go to New York in the winter. Yeah. I mean, I was in Arizona last week, and it was cold there too, and people were acting as if it was zero degrees. And I get it. If you're not used to it, it feels 38 or 45 feels that bad. And I was colder than I should have been because I was wanting Arizona warmth. But, like, at some point I'm like, this is actually fine weather. Like, let's, I, I, it's rare that I'm the tougher person in the equation, but I was last week in Arizona. Well, let's slow down to 38 or 45. 45, I'm with you. 38, I'm not coming to work. It was 38 I'm at just, night, overnight there, one night, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm out. Like, the show's just, it's dead air or someone else's. <laughs> but your commute is so short. You couldn't just brave that quick mm. trip to the studio it's, in your sl- pajama shirt? To- no, it's, I know it's short, but still just like, just the reality of it being, you know, having to get through it a little bit. It's just hard, you know? Could somebody come out from the studio and like walk you in, like with an umbrella yeah. above your head and get you inside? If anyone showed up at that studio, no, I'm just kidding. They're there. They're, 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 they're wonderful. <laughs> they're wonderful. Sorry, guys. Um, all right. I guess. We run out to, We go late every every time. Like, oh, I'm going to get out by 34, and D-Cell's going to be so happy. Tom, have you gotten used to this, or are you still uncomfortable? How late we're going? Uh, I'm good. I'm locked in. I'm on board. I'm fine with it now. Yeah. Who, dude, when you decide the rules don't matter, it's awesome until they do matter. <laughs> you, remember yeah, how, you remember how yeah. stressed I used to get? I'd be oh, yeah. sweating. My face would be red. Oh, yeah. yeah now no, you're no, just no, drunk. You, yeah, your hair used to be blue. <laughs> you're, you're just drunk. <laughs> Now you chug a screwdriver and away we go. <laughs> As he sips another water from his water bottle. It's my producer juice. Leave me alone. My producer juice. I love doing this show. All right, uh, NBA power ranking, sober or otherwise, coming up here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it all. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. 
Later in the program, I'm going to tell the guys about how I conflated uh, or connected, not conflated. I linked love with weakness. Apparently I'm a bad person. Little, little tidbit for later when the guys can judge me. But right now, I'm going to judge the entire NBA with NBA power rankings. Some will rise. Others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NBA Power Rankings. Number five. Man, number five is such a tough slot. Several competitors. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers here, actually. And they're going to bump some other teams, including a team in their own conference that they are a little bit lower than. Here's the deal. And you're going to hear me say this again and again and again. You should use it to, to bet on NBA teams come the NBA playoffs. Top 10 in offensive rating, top 10 in defensive rating. That is a critical, critical thing. In fact, there's reports out there that one of the reasons, this is not what I reported, uh, Landry Fields, the GM in Atlanta, hired Quinn Snyder to be the head coach is because he wants that Atlanta team to get to that top 10 offensive and defensive rating. It's really important. Cleveland has that. They're just like in their third in defense or ninth in offense. Donovan Mitchell, I think, can go out there on a deep team and get massive buckets without having to be the only only guy. I just, I'm in, man. I buy him. Number four. Don't be mad at me, Nuggets fans. I know where you are in the standings. I know you got Jokic. I haven't seen you do it in the postseason yet. It doesn't mean you can't. Your defense is markedly improved. I worry about your ability to stay healthy with two of your three stars, but you're still a top team. I know you feel disrespected. I know you think you should be higher, but there's a tier here, and you're on the wrong side of it. Number three. I'm putting the Phoenix Suns here. I don't care. I'm not waiting. I already wrote a column, did an opening segment on this show. The obvious ain't always obvious in the association, but it is in this case. Durant plus the Suns equals utter excellence. This might be the lowest they should be and the lowest they will be once they get into rhythm together. Number two. Do you want to guess, Tom? You already know. Number two is the Celtics. Look, I think the Celtics can win the whole thing. And... You know, they have little fits and starts. They play really well for stretches, less well for others. They're not on the tear, to say the least, that the team above them is. They're still remarkably offensive, remarkable offensively, remarkable defensively. Jason Tatum, for me, is one of the few guys you could contemplate as a top-five player in the NBA. He probably falls on the outside of that, but that could be wrong. We may look at it differently at the end of the year if the Celtics win the whole thing. These guys are legit. They are deep. They are well-coached, despite the fact that it's a first-year head coach, a young guy who stepped in for Ime Udoka, and then we know they made an NBA Finals last year. This ain't a secret, but just don't sleep on them. Boston's for real. Number one. The show is called Rider Than You, and we did tell you that the Bucks were the best team in the Eastern Conference. If you don't believe it, I stole this from Brinson. I pinned my NBA predictions from the start of the year to the top of my Twitter profile. I got the Bucks over the Warriors. I got half of it looking good so far. Also of the Warriors over the Clippers. So that may not work out very well for me. The Bucks have won 16 in a row. They have the best player on the face of the earth. They've won an NBA championship. And one thing about the history of the league that's interesting to me is how few teams win NBA championships, have won them, and tend to win them over, over whatever subsets, five-year, ten-year, you want to look at. Once you break through, and there are some exceptions to this, right? The Raptors, but Kawhi left. The Pistons, but they came close early part of the century. Once you break through, teams tend to win more than one. That's just the way that it tends to go. And this is a Bucks team that, with its core, got one early. 
They're the best team in the league, and they're probably going to be the team for me that's the last one standing at the end of the year. Honorable mention. I almost slipped Memphis in at five. They're 18th in offensive rating. They're first in defense. Honestly, I just don't know how to feel about them given the, 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 the noise around John Morant and the accusations. We'll get to it later. Maybe they don't care. Maybe it doesn't impact them. Maybe it does. It's an uncertainty. Let's do, let's do one more. Here's your participation trophy. I mean, the Sixers, man, should be on this list, and they would be, but the doctor didn't order Rivers to be the head coach. Yeah, I went there, Tom. I just don't, I don't trust the guy. I don't trust the guy. You like the Cavs. You watched them. Was it last night or the night before? The, right? They're good. Last night against the Celtics, the Cleveland Cavaliers would not go away. Donovan Mitchell single-handedly yeah. kept them in that game. 40-plus points again. They are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Yeah. They're good, man. Like They are, they are absolutely legit. As is Chris Trapasso. Combine expert, draft expert. I think he's an indie. He's got all the info. He'll tell us, tell us about Jalen Carter and other things going on as we get ready for the NFL Draft next year on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 